It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon Flowcheck Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and on the website flowtrack.org slash flowtrack podcast. Gordon, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Doing good. Another week. First week back from vacation. Even though I had to do a pod every day on my vacation, you're welcome. Uh, now I'm back to work work. So after this pod, I can't just go hiking or to the beach. I have to actually stay on my computer, which is unfortunate. But it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. And we can now officially start the countdown to Lincoln's return. It, we're five pods away. We're five pods five away. Pods. I mean, unless he changes his mind in terms of how long he's going to be gone, it's five days until Lincoln comes back. Maybe we can make a deal with them, like kind of how I did a pod sort of vacation. Like maybe, hey man, you can still do a nine a.m. pod. It it only takes an hour of your time. Run, go hide in your shed if, with all your wife's art. Oh, it's eight thousand dollars shed. Eight thousand dollars shed, and just do a quick pod. That's all we ask you. Yeah, just do a quick pod. Yeah. I think the question we can is, get through this. Here's the thing, though. We're both going to be like, mm. all right, oh, Lincoln's back. I don't have to do a pod, but one of us still has to do one. <laughs> He's going to do it solo. We're going to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> well, I think, we can, I think you and I can do one more week because here's what we got going. We got the Monaco Diamond League meet on Friday, which there's a lot to talk about with that, with those fields. So we'll have a, a preview on, on Thursday of that. We have the On Athletics Club being rolled out today, which gives us stuff to talk about. We have an AAU star being born over the weekend. We have... The Mac canceling football, which means an excuse to talk about your favorite topic, the NCAA, and whether or not we'll have cross country this year. Those of you not watching, Gordon has put his head in his hands. There's actually there's actually some stuff. I know some people are winding down their seasons. We have the Continental Tour kicking off tomorrow, um, live on Flow Track with the with the meet from Torku. So there's there's there are some some stories. Last week was a lot leaner. This week I feel I feel confident we can do it. Yeah, 
Uh, notably, we got to plug our own event, man, Continental Tour, live on Flow Track. It's the first time that a World Athletics event is live on Flow Track in the U.S. So U.S. viewers get a chance to watch the Continental Tour. Uh, Turku is the first one coming up. I believe that's tomorrow. But then we have mm-hmm. I can and say I'm not even gonna try to say the names. What are, what are the other cities? The one that well, has a lot of weird letters in it. Next week, well, next week we're going to Hungary, Gordon. We're going to Hungary. Yeah. Uh, What's the name and of that, that city? one? That, that is a city that has a very long name um, <laughs> that I won't go into right now due to time constraints. But that that one is has, has got some big names on it. And tomorrow, I was looking at the start list. That hundred, uh, Christoph Lamet, CJ Ucha, Richard Kilty. In the high hurdles, Pasco Martino Lagarde running. Remember, he got his medal last year in Doha, so he's one of the best in the world. And then on the throw side of things, you know, it's Finland, right? They got they got a deep tradition in the throws, so you can see a good discus competition, good javelin competition a- across the board. So, uh, yeah, European track kicking off. Um, I guess European track's been going on, but it's like full pro level with multiple countries european level track going on now which is exciting yeah and it's exciting and it's super uh what's the word uh not ironic or makes sense what's the word makes sense or like just it, it, uh, i'm really bad at this damn it oh god all right all, the, all those words are good <laughs> it's it's not ironic or no okay i'm a I'm just go for it. Just forever. go for it. I can't it. think of words. Of course, Bowerman Track Club decides to end their season right before the professional season begins. You know, it's very – it makes sense for their Jerry Schumacher to be like – for a team that races three times a year to do all their races in one month. And then as soon as the rest of the f- world starts to race, they're like, okay, we're done. Yeah, what, yeah, are yeah. what are your thoughts on that? On brand. Yeah, very on brand. That's what I was thinking. It's on brand for them. What are your thoughts on Bowerman doing their four or five meets, a couple races where they were jogging 800 meters, uh, but then shutting it down officially uh, in early August? I mean, based on how well they were running, I'd love to see them in Monaco. I'd love to see them in that in that field. I'd love to see some of their 1,500-meter runners get in that race. I know they haven't done steeples yet, but there's a good men's steeple that is going to take place. We know, you know, the Pete Julian group is going out there. Angles is in the 1500, Brazier's in the 800. Raven Rogers, I believe, is in the K, Shannon Robray. So there's, yes, it's disappointing. It's definitely disappointing. Now, this year of all years, I'll we'll give them a mulligan. I mean, I will just because, hey, travel is difficult. Travel is strenuous. However, I will say, I didn't know we were going to get that last Bowerman meet. On Friday, I thought the last one was the one before that when we had the, what do we have? The four by 1500 meters. So I was holding off judgment until, until, until the complete end of the year. But man, I wanted to see Shelby Houlihan run a mile or another 5,000 or a 3,000 or a 10,000. Anything other than an 800. Anything other than an 800. And on the men's side of things, I mean, an elimination 2K is fine if we've already got our fill of other stuff. Like, that's a cool, like, hey, look at this quirky thing that we're doing. But I still wanted to see those guys rip a fast, legitimate time. And we didn't get to see it in those last meets. I want to see them race people that aren't on their team. Like, that aren't on their side. Fair. Right? It's like, 
yes, it is. There is an element to track and field where it's fun to see time trials and time chasing because racing the clock is a, a great challenger. But like, we want just like it would be great to see them racing so, like a Paul Chalimo or racing someone mm-hmm. from Julian's group. And I mean, they literally had a track meet the same day at, in the same city as yeah the big friendly and it's just like why don't these guys run together i mean i guess mm-hmm. they want they jerry loves controlling situations i mean he's notorious for wanting to like skip milrose and go run at bu instead type stuff where he's like hey it's not about i would rather just control 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 the situation uh but i guess and i, I mean it the, the the only thing that we I mean Bowerman definitely put on a show. Don't get me wrong. The times they put down were amazing and it's very incredible and uh they deserve a high five and pat on the back. I guess the one other element we just were looking for was to see them just like beat someone or lose to someone. And we didn't get to see that. Yeah, and in place of that, if you're gonna do time trials, I wanted them to to keep going. You can't you can't do the fourteen 14- 23 Houlihan race and Mohamed busting through 1250 and say, oh, that's it. Now we're going to do some relays and some elimination 2Ks. It's like, no, keep going. Keep going. You guys are in the best shape of your life. Uh, Mohamed's elimination 2K, I don't know if you watched it, was particularly funny. If people don't know how that race goes, it's who's ever in last place when they cross the finish line. Each lap uh, gets eliminated. But Mohamed's in – so it's usually it's kind of tactical. Everybody bunches up, and then there's a furious kick in the last hundred meters and they bunch up again. Mohamed was in such good shape. He made that race not fun at all because he just started beating everybody. They couldn't catch him. He just ran out front. So people were getting eliminated behind him, but it was, it was like driftwood. He was just so far in front. It did not even matter at all. And then Shelby's 800. I think she could have broken too, but she went out in 57, which might've been too quick even for, for for Houlihan, so she wasn't able to, to to break two minutes. But yeah, I just I don't know. I just want him to take the governor off and just go for it. You know, stop. I I know caution, caution, caution is how how they operate. But I wanted them really to just let loose in these series of meets because they had all of it under control, and maybe that would have been uh, a reason why they could have gone a little farther. But um, yeah. I'm thankful for the – as a fan, I'm thankful that we got at least two of those meets that were interesting, but it just made me want something more from the other ones. I, I guess, I'm guessing that's how, how you feel too along with the competition. Yeah. But it's okay. I mean, can't have everything. Can't have everything in the world. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Well, part of the – I mean – Yeah. it's. But I mean, would you be – I just think we're going to look back in a couple years – when some of these athletes times plateau or slow down. And I think one of the big questions will be like, man, you look back at their, their times and their season best, like 2020 was when they were really hitting on all cylinders. Like, should they have raced more during that time? Um, you've set a yawning record, by the way, in this episode. I think that's like four yawns and we're dude, what are we about? Eight, eight minutes in. You got to talk about something else, I guess. <laughs> well, don't you think it's a little also kind of mean to say like to tell Mohamed and Shelby Houlihan who just run twelve forty seven and fourteen twenty something, be like, Can you just go faster for us? Like they're kinda of like, Hey, I just like did a huge PR, like why ask me to go faster? Like No, you know I'm I mean? saying from look, we're 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 fans of the sport, so we're completely unreasonable. 
that's not that's that's fair. That's a fair <laughs> thing. I I didn't even need like one of the options. Yes, run the race again and try to go faster. But another option would have been just to to do another event or some event where it had some sort of meaning or had some sort of ability to either break a record or look at, you know, add to your resume. Like Mohamed is great, but I think beating his teammates in the elimination 2K, it was fun, but I don't, I don't think that adds anything to his resume. Same thing with Shelby in the 800. I mean, maybe if she went out and ran like, what, what would Shelby have had to run in the 800 for you to have been like, whoa, this isn't, I I'm looking at like, this adds something. This, this is like a, a, a resume builder for her. 157. Right. Yeah. Not even 158. 158 would be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You're really good. Yeah. 157, I'll be like, whoa. But I don't know if they were – I just. I guess I don't get it, and um, we'll never get a chance to ask Jerry because he doesn't do a lot of interviews. But it's like, why not go for the 3,000-meter women's record or the mile record for the women, right? And if you want to avoid going after the 5,000 because you feel like you've already – you've already accomplished everything you can in that event. Why not go to a, a, a different event and try to knock off some time? I just think it's funny. There's no rule that says you can't do the same event multiple times in a time trial, but that's just kind of how they operated. Like we need to switch every single week. It's like the, it's like the opposite of high school where you run the exact same thing all the time until you want to smash your head against the wall. But I, I don't know. Again, they did more than a lot of other people did, and they're a big enough group, and they're a fast enough group to where they can generate headlines. So it is better than nothing. But if you if you told me was it was after that third one that was the third one was really good. Yeah, I don't remember if it was the third one or the second one. If you said, yeah, they're gonna the next they're gonna do four more races other than the, the little jog things that they put on, so that way people could get their allotment of races. The four main marquee races are gonna be. A men's four by fifteen hundred, a women's four by fifteen hundred, a women's eight hundred, and a men's elimination two K. I think people would have said, "Well, let's let's do something a little. Let's up the degree of difficulty a bit more, because they're that good, and we because we think that highly of them." That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's good. Good take. Good take. Yeah, you're trying to be nice to everybody. That's weird. That's a really different path for you to take. Interesting. I know. Did you uh, get excited? So about, were you uh, enamored? Enamored? Oh my god! Damn it! Enamored with uh, AAU with AAU this past weekend. Well, the one performance that caught my eye, Arian Knighton, a rising junior, so he's still sophomore for record purposes. Twenty point three three in a two hundred. This was one of those where as soon as it happened. I had to check the video. I had to check the results. I said, well, what's the wind? What's the wind? Where did he start? Was this a Lyles <laughs> at the inspiration game situation? Uh, but he he ran the full 200, and I was mighty impressed. I don't follow the prep scene uh, that closely, so he was not he was not on my radar just because just not many high school kids are. But 20.3, <laughs> I mean, you don't want to get too excited because – there's a long road ahead, and you don't want to put too many expectations on it. But when he came off that curve, the way he ripped off that curve, it reminded me of – well, guess who it reminded me of? It reminded me of a very fast 200-meter runner. Bolt. 
No, no, I won't go that far. Lyles. <laughs> it looked very Lyle. It looked very Lylesy. Okay. Didn't it look kind of Lylesy to you? Like, I, because I've seen and you've seen, you saw Lyles at this similar age, so you can compare yeah. them a little bit. It's we don't have the the historical knowledge. Like, oh, it reminds us of you know this of a young Carl Lewis. It's like, well, we weren't watching a young Carl Lewis, but we did watch a young Noah Lyles. And coming off that curve with that tenacity and the way he looked like he, he looked like he was speeding up as he was going. Just that reminded me of of Lyles. Yeah, I mean, twenty thirty three is no joke. I mean, that's like a a time that would like be potentially like top third, top tw- top top twenty in the NCAA, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're running that time, yeah. you are like considered like potential All American talent, and to do it as a sophomore, I mean, two more years. Question is, do you think that a lot of times I always think about this AAU can sometimes, you know, over race some of their athletes and maybe they get burned out early. I mean, like Tyrus Cooper, we have yet, he was like the star of AAU, but running a lot of races and hasn't been able to like put together a, a post 18 year old type performance. Uh, Cause he's kind of potentially, I mean, we don't know yet, but he potentially may have peaked in high school with his times because he was running great 45 seconds, 20 point O's. The question is, do you think hopefully he stays under race that he can be a 20 O guy going into college and then develop even more. And then hopefully by year 2024 is like in the conversation with the no Lyles and Coleman's of this world. Uh, that's the only thing. When you see a young kid, especially a sprinter, run so fast, so young, you kind of think like, are they using up everything in their in their engine? And that's the word. Using up everything in their uh, gas tank too soon. Emptying the gas. Emptying the tank. Yeah, Emptying yeah, and that's why I say you know, you 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 heed caution with with all with all these performances. And twenty thirty three right now obviously isn't fast enough to be elite it's not as if he's running a time that okay you could plop that guy into a, a u.s final and he'd be he'd be there but it's it's the fact that he's still got two years of high school left i put how do you feel about the iwf scoring tables do you like those or no uh, i like them when they benefit me okay my, they wouldn't benefit so, my take <laughs> okay so a twenty thirty three is worth 1,169 points on the IWF scoring table. What do you think that equates to for a mile? Um, a 403. A 403? He just broke the sophomore class record. And he was two-tenths from Bolt. 403? No. 352. Oh, we're okay. <laughs> well, I was thinking like twenty flat is is like three fifty six, so then point three. I don't know. I was okay. all right. That went. Th- I don't that know. Went I, don't, direction. I, don't the, I don't have the scoring tables memorized, man. Too many tables. No, and but just to keep track of. But just think of so it, and I think that might, that might be a little I optimistic. Still, I don't yeah. think twenty point three three is equivalent to three fifty two. No, I don't either. I don't either. I think that's, that one, I think that's one of those. Yeah, yeah. That one's a little. That one's a little wonky. But because like, there's some, only like there's only like like three Americans 
who are running like 352 or faster. And there yeah. are more than three Americans well, who can run sub 20.0, 20 20.33. Yeah, but the, you're retrofitting you're retrofitting it to Americans, which is the which is the problem, right? Because Americans are disproportionately good at the sprints and not as good in the in the in the distances, specifically when it comes to these these time trials. But okay, well, no, oh, no, but like if you look at just like world lists, how many people ran faster than twenty thirty three in the world last year? No, you're right. It's it, it it's a little too quick. It's a little too quick. But it's definitely it's definitely sub four, right? I mean, it's definitely a. Uh, we're just we we get hung up on the on the sub four being the end all be all. Um, I mean, the, the tables have sub four basically equivalent to like a ten four in the hundred and a forty six mid in the four hundred, and those performances get beaten resoundingly every year. At the high school level. Okay, so like about 50 people in the world ran 2033 or faster. And then in the 2019? Mile, yeah. And then let's okay. do 1500 because not everyone runs an outdoor mile. No, top I think 50 you mark. Think top 50 mark is 336. So, that's, and 336. That's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I think it, yeah, you're right. The American, how. Americans don't try to run fast in the mile, whereas the East Africans do, whereas Europeans and East Africans aren't fast in the sprints, but Americans do. So, okay, that makes yeah. sense. Imagine like the bizarro universe where uh, – so if, if you say a sub-4 is equal to a 10-4, which is about what they say on, on those scoring tables, right? So imagine a country that didn't have a ton of like sprinting prowess losing their mind at their first sub 10 four high school 100 meter runner like how would we look at them right like if uh if our if our friends in finland or something had had like a 10th he's he's only 18 he ran 1039 we'd go oh cool okay congrats i guess but a long way to go i love to see trayvon um, bromel's reaction to those those two <laughs> okay yeah yeah so uh you know obviously bolts Bolt's record is is a, an, another couple tenths away, but this Knighton's only been running for a couple of years as well, too, which is another another reason to be, to be optimistic. But yeah, still still so young, plenty of time to go. But where is he from? My, what state? My, Florida. Florida. Okay, so Mike Holloway's ready to go. Get him on <laughs> scholarship. Well, another point for the uh, Florida versus Texas argument that Ooh, yeah. Romel was 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 making. Uh, I think they tweeted about that. It's like, where is he from? Like as a joke. Yeah. It's like to try to prove his. No, point. he's. I mean, it but was the, an it was an impressive run. The Houston like four by one, or not like a school from Houston's the the Houston track clubs four by one ran like forty zero. So yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a legit time for us. No, yeah. the, the, I mean, he's still got to. The good thing is. He still has to, obviously he still has to improve to get to that level. So it's not like you're gonna get he's not gonna get invites right now. I mean, even if this was a non weird season, it's not like they someone would would try to put him in a big a big time meet right now because he's still not there. So he still has some work to do. And if he chips off uh, another couple tenths, then he's then he's in business. But yeah, I think we'll see him uh, next year at the at, at the trials and and see where he goes from there. I mean, remember. Remember 2016, try, Lyles made that final. That's where he set the the high school record, 20 low, uh, for Noah Lyles in the trials final. I mean, that was after his 
that was after his senior year, though. So this will be after Knighton's Knighton's junior year. So not exactly the the, the same scenario, but I mean, it just goes to show you just how how fast everybody is these days, and how long you know phenoms at the top like last. It's the next person. Do you up, think next we up. do you think we also should take into account that twenty thirty three by high school sophomore? is even more impressive the fact that he didn't have an outdoor season or like, you know, like a regular practice schedule, like he's doing it in the middle of a pandemic. So like, yeah, you would expect people to be more rusty. And if you, if a, if rusty sophomore is 20.33, what is like ready to roll, like in his prime, like practicing and racing as a junior or senior, like he should be much, much faster. Well, you brought up burnout before, right? And one thing this can guarantee, at least from a meet perspective, yeah. this year the race count was low. So true. Yeah, depending on depending on the type of running you are, maybe you don't need a bunch. Uh, maybe you don't need a lot of races to get sharp. So in that in that case, you're not on tight. You didn't run the four by four all season for your high school team, and the four by one, and do the long jump, and and do the hundred and the two hundred. He came back. He ran the hundred. Um, was solid there. As well, too, but man, I yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where he goes. Florida just always seems to have crazy fast um, high schoolers. Knighton, Knighton, the next one. Keep an eye on him. Name to remember. Let's talk. Uh, do you want to talk about on running? Rolled out the entire their entire squad. So we got the eight members of the team. Remember, they had mentioned or they they had announced Klecker and Oliver Hoare before. So they add Alicia Monson. Jordy Beamish, Carlos Villarreal, Emily Oren, Leah Fallon, formerly Leah O'Connor, and who's the eighth one? Who am I missing here, Gordon? I lost, Trivia question. Uh, yeah, I lost count. Uh, though I, 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 do you want an honest answer? So here's the thing. During podcasts, when I know you're like talking about something, sometimes Alicia Konyacek. And I'll just like, be looking at the internet. I was I was on Twitter while you were listing the names because I already knew okay. the names, but yes, yeah, so. sorry. Konya Czech, Western Colorado, World Championship steeplechaser for Poland. There you go. That's the eight teams or eight 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 members of this on athletics club coached by Ritz. What was your reaction? Well, I think it's very unique to start a running group, pro running group, with exclusively first-year pros. Eight. I mean, I guess technically... Well, O'Connor's Leo not. Norrin's not. Leah O'Connor, Folland, she's married now, is not. But you could argue that, like, the marquee group, which is, like, the big names, which you could say is Monson, Klecker, Beamish, Hoare, they're all first-year pros. Right. Uh, so the question is, like, who are they going to be – I guess they're going to be looking to their coach, Dathan, for how to – like, what is – like, you know, when you're a freshman in college or a freshman in high school and you go to practice for the first time, you kind of look into the seniors to be like, all right, what is yeah. the appropriate way to, like, be – to act on a team, right? And – you learn how to act on a high school team. You learn how to act on a college team. And I think you do need to learn how to act in a pro environment, right? With their, with their no school backing, it's a lot more individual 
expectations on yourself. There's no one holding your hand. There's no one making sure you're eligible. It's all on you, right? And mm-hmm. they will have Dathan, their their head coach, to kind of to get them through what it's like to be a pro. But I think it's also you. It's gonna be we're not having a teammate who's like been there. You know, it's we're not gonna yeah. having like a three year pro who's like okay, follow my lead, right? So that's my only thought about we're, it. I mean, it's a unique, it's a unique uh, idea. It's like, hey, let's start all from scratch, as opposed to like building off of one and another. Like, like, hey, let's just take the class of twenty twenty and put a on kit them. on them and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's especially true if you just look at just the the four men. They all were in college earlier this year. Three of them focus on the same event. The 1500 with Villarreal, yeah. Hoare, and Beamish. Klecker obviously can run a fast mile as well too. Ran it in 3.58 last week. But they're all new to this. They're all new to this. What's interesting is those four guys internationally represent four different countries. So although they might be working towards the same event, you could have a situation where they could put multiple people in Olympics or world championships. And you go to the women's side of things, Koniecek, as I mentioned for Poland, has already made a world championship team. So I think Ritz, you got to make sure he has his passport updated. I think he's going to be making a lot of trips to these global championships because somebody is going to be making teams from his from his squad, right? Hors, Oliver Hors 1500 last year was the fifth fastest Aussie time, right? Beamish, obviously... He could make it for New Zealand. Villarreal has already represented Mexico, got a Pan Am gold. And then, you know, you have uh, Koniecek, like I mentioned. And then on the American side, Monson, Klecker, Oren, and and Fallon. It is interesting, the women's side of those four, three of them are steeplers. So they were like picking their spots very, very strategically. They're a Swiss-based company. Maybe that had something to do with it in terms of making sure the reach is international and not, not so American heavy. But what prior to this, we had one pro signing, right? Akins with Brooks Beast. Yeah. That was it. And then now basically have... On came in and took a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. I do think it was a, a um, purposeful strategy, though, to like, uh, they realized they're like, hey, the more international athletes you have on your team, the more opportunity they are going to be to represent, to be Olympians. And yeah. would you rather have, like eight Americans who all make U.S. finals, or yeah, eight international people where three of them become Olympians. You know, and I think they yeah. value like just like you know, which I think it's a unique strategy. I mean, yeah, I mean, Villarreal, he's gonna make he's gonna make the Olympics for Mexico, right? You should assume that Beamish. I mean. It's just Beamish and Nick Willis, right, out there in New Zealand, mm-hmm. right? There's no one other, like, big 1,500-meter runner out there, so he can make it uh, the Olympics. So I think on running is thinking, hey, we have this unique opportunity to get all these 22- to 23-year-olds with the yeah. high likelihood of being Olympians right away, whereas, you know, signing someone like Tyler Day, you're not going to get – he's not going to be an Olympian in 2021 – but he might be an Olympian in 2024, right? If he develops right. Mm-hmm. And I think they're kind of looking like surefire, like 
Olympians in, in year one. And I think that's why they went international as opposed to going American where, I mean, yes, they added Joe Klecker in there, but like, I think Joe Klecker is more like, Hey, he's, you got to have some American in there. And I think Joe Klecker is probably the one who's closest to be ready to compete at the next level. But I think they're looking at Klecker to be like, make the Olympics in 2024 and they're looking at everyone else, make the Olympics right away so that yeah. our group can have credibility going into 2024. Yeah, because if if there's 24, 36, 48, whatever, what's the number for 1,500 meters that they let in for the Olympics? 48, 48, 48, 45, yeah, 45. Okay, if if Hoare, Beamish, and Villarreal make it, three of the 45 people will be in the same training group. That's pretty rare when it comes to when it and and you 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 get a possibility where. Klecker somehow makes the team as well too. Maybe not in the fifteen hundred, but yeah, getting that many people into the meet, into the Olympics or into the World Championships from one group is exceedingly rare. And you're right, probably by design. Um, again, I'm interested in see how Ritz is as a coach. You know, Monson, I think in the same position, wouldn't you say, as Klecker, as like needs needs another step up to get to that Olympic level olympic trials qualifying level especially with where the women's 5000 has gone for the united states in the last about year but if you're picking people out of this class she'd be near the top i don't know where did she go in your dra our draft that was so long ago i don't remember but oh i don't know she's probably top 10 yeah i mean the yeah. monson and klecker are more just like victims of us being so good not as opposed to them mm -hmm. not being as good as their teammates like yeah you could argue that klecker and monson might be the top two talent wise but because yeah. Monson has to try to beat out Shelby Houlihan and Christian Schweizer it's like right, a lot a lot more hard and like Klecker's yeah. got to go up against a Lopez Lamong and Paul Chalimo it's like okay yeah just to make the team whereas the other guys don't and girls don't but they'll at least they'll make US finals and they'll yeah, be yeah. in you know they'll be in the Olympic trials and that will give them visibility cuz they'll be wearing the jersey the other thing is like with Beamish and Hoare, like I don't, I mean, I don't know how big they are on social media, but those guys both have pretty big personalities as well, too. I don't know how much that factored into it. Um, obviously, if you're not fast, it doesn't. You don't even start to consider those things. But the fact that, like, the American audience knows them a little bit, the American running audience is familiar with them, as compared to like a, if there was just someone who ran the exact same times as Oliver Hoare, but just stayed in Australia. We wouldn't not we you know in the United States we would not be aware of that person, but yeah. so they have the best of both worlds in a way of this American audience is is aware of them, but they also are from a different country where they have a, a a lot of support there as well too. I'm interested to see how it how it works. I mean they're obviously investing a ton of money into running right now. Yeah, you gotta like it, right? I mean, see what happens. Uh... And it's, it's good for the class of 2020, right? We were talking about this. Like, what is the class of 2020 going to have to deal with the pandemic signing world, right? Like, all these yeah. great athletes, it wasn't their choice to be born this year, the, the you know, 22 years ago, so that they're part of the class that their first year pro is without track, right? So mm -hmm. we thought, like, our company's going to pull back and not invest in this next generation of athletes and the you know you would wonder like hey are they gonna get the short end of the stick 
And luckily so far, I mean, the fact that On Running did this on this time has helped out the Beamishes and Cleckers of this world. And then you still have Aikens getting signed by Brooks. You have Danny Jones. Uh, she's not signed, but she is likely to get signed, and she's in a group, and I'm assuming she maybe she might get signed in 2021. I don't know, but we're assuming it's New Balance, I don't know. Uh, I guess the only big name out there that hasn't been that? signed. No, no, I'm just assuming because she's with all New Balance people. Uh, but maybe she'll do Adidas or something like that. That's a good point. I don't know. But Danny Jones is going to get signed. She's too good not to be. Uh, she has an right, agent, right, right. I guess, is there any other, the only other big distance name that hasn't been signed to an agent or to a sponsor? I guess it's Tyler Day, right? Well, is we don't know else? who's coming back even. Nobody's yeah. actually a senior, right? The only people we know would be people from the Ivy League who didn't transfer because they weren't given that fifth year. And we know Wisconsin wasn't going to give an extra year. So Monson and Hoare would have had to transfer if they wanted to. Oh, yeah, because everyone still has an outdoor year, right? Right. So, yeah. like, Be Beamish could have come back. Villarreal could have come back. Klecker yeah. could have come back. The only person there would have been Hoare, and, but Hoare could have transferred and used his year somewhere else. Um, so it's tough to answer that question because we don't even know who the pool of people are. Well, Maybe I guess you Day choose Tyler Day, but he's already a fifth year, so I think it's like – if. Fifth years coming back for six years is a lot more rare than fourth years coming back for fifth years. And now with sure. cross country likely being almost gone, you know, but do you stay? Certainty, you know. Yeah, but if you don't have cross anyway, right? Yeah. Do you stay and hope that the economic situation around sponsorships picks up next year, even if it means going to an extra year of school, or do you take a lesser deal right now and? forego that last year and not have to deal with school. Yeah. I mean, because Tyler Day would be the NCAA favorite, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. He'd, yeah. be, the, he'd be the number one guy coming out. Well, I guess if – I mean, is Kurgot coming back? I don't know. If Kurgot doesn't we come do back, he, Day would be the 5K favorite, wouldn't he? Well, here's the thing. You could take – this is what I'm saying. You could copy and paste what we thought was going to happen outdoors – and for next year, if it happens, nothing, yeah. nothing would change. You now you take out people, you take Aikens out, you take Monson, et cetera, et cetera, out because now there's been a some people going pro. But if nobody wanted to go pro, yeah, some people would have switched around teams and transferred, but everybody would have been back. You could have recreated yeah. that exact meet outdoors. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if Day comes back. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing like like Taylor Werner. Yeah. Same thing with her. You know, it, it's like she, she could come back and she'd be, along with Kaladi, maybe co-favorites for the track season. But, you know, we just don't, we don't know what's going to go on between now and then. Nobody does. Um, we're almost out of time. I wanted to get your opinion uh, on this NCAA stuff. Um, the MAC canceled football over the weekend. Um I just searched Twitter when you were talking because I found out that's what you do when I talk and wanted to make sure that I wasn't paying attention to you because that's what makes a good podcast. And Dude, I don't know, there's don't all just sorts throw of me under the bus like that right, right in front of my face. Damn. This is what Dan Patrick says, noted sports talk show host. 
he says that, well, this, according to Brett McMurphy, who's quoting Dan Patrick, I'll just read his tweet. I'll read Brett McMurphy's tweet. Dan Patrick reports Big Ten had internal vote and by a 12 to 2 margin, league members opted of not having fall football season. Nebraska and I were only schools that voted to play this fall. Patrick said Big Ten and Pac-12 would cancel fall season Tuesday. But the SEC still wants to play, so it sounds like there's – this is me now talking. Not This is no longer a tweet about a radio show. People are saying that the SEC is going to try to convince the Big 12 and the ACC to play. I don't Well, I think it, the whole thing is Big Ten wants out, but Big Ten wants everyone to go out with them, right? That's what they're trying yeah. to do. And so that's why it wasn't announced today. That's why they're trying to use Monday as a day to get everyone on board for Tuesday announcement. Uh, but I mean, what are your thoughts though? I mean, Trevor Lawrence has been tweeting a lot. What are your thoughts on the take that athletes are actually safer being in a strict COVID protocol season than they are just staying home in their regular lives? I don't entirely understand it because they wouldn't be asked to leave campus if there's no games, they could still stay, right? Yeah, but if you're a 18 to 22-year-old 22, 22 who is told by a coach, hey, you need to be focused for these next four months where you're going to be following all these rules and you're going to be coming to practice, you're going to be exercising, you're going to be staying healthy, and we're also going to be keeping you tested and all that stuff versus season's over, now I'm just going to live my life and maybe be more prone to want to go to parties, more prone to want to just be laid back and live my life as a, as a, as a 20-year-old where I have no pressure from a coach telling me what to do and what not to do. Like there is something about having a coaching environment around you that kind of forces you to live a life, a more strict lifestyle than if there's no coach who says like season's over, it's off season. You're going to be more willing to be more wild and just not as stringent with your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you say that though? Right. Like athletes are like, I would hope are disciplined, right? They're, they're going to right. be more and likely I would hope to be that... more disciplined than not, right? I don't know. Right, but I would hope that that discipline would extend beyond this and they would see the importance of the situation and not necessarily need that carrot right in front of them. And if they are – so the MAC is talking about spring, and let's put aside whether or not it would be possible in the spring you know, or feasible in the spring. But I think – I mean that could be an incentive. Stay on campus. You, you can still use the facilities and let's – Let's try. Let's try again. Then, I don't know. Like, I get what you're saying, but I I would think that there's some sort of middle ground. The problem is the difference between football and cross country is the act of playing one sport is a lot more difficult in terms of virus transmission than the other. You know, so it's like the she. So they could be doing everything. They could be doing a lot of things right, but the sheer act of playing football. It is risky just because the amount of the amount of contact cross country it's different now we don't live in a world where cross country can just operate if cross country was football right now right in terms of money making like if we lived in a world where cross country brought in tens of millions of dollars and you were like you were like kirk herb street like you were the kirk herb street of of college sports because cross country was that important um i think we could i think we'd see more movement for it happening just because the act of it going on isn't as isn't as risky. I think, but we don't live in that world. The reason, we live in the world yeah, where, I, yeah, I think 
I still think it's going to be all or nothing. Like you asked me yeah, last yeah. week, I still think it's going to be all or nothing. Either everybody's going to do it or nobody's going to do it. That's just the way yeah. the way it's going to be. And I think the reason why now Big Ten is now swaying towards not doing it is because of this factor, which I talked to a coach, not in a Big Ten coach, but a, a, a prominent distance coach, whatever, <laughs> my sources. Uh, and he said um, the ultimate thing that the, the schools want is no liability. Because think about this. They care. I don't think they, they – it's not about caring about the health. It's about caring about the – the image of keeping their health, right? And I think that if a college kid goes to, a, if a regular college student goes to a, a party and gets COVID, mm-hmm. it's the responsibility is on that athlete. It's it's not connected to anyone being responsible. But if a college football player goes to a party and gets COVID, all of a sudden it's going to be on the college football program on the university. And I can't believe you let this student get COVID. It's the end of the world. We're suing you for millions and millions of dollars. And they, and I think the NSA made an announcement last week saying that like schools can't make athletes sign a waiver saying uh, responsibility of getting COVID is on you. Like, right. Because I think, this goes back to the idea of amateurism. Yeah. It's why you so, can, it's why you can make yeah. NFL and NBA players do one thing and you can't with college. Yeah. This is the system that's been created. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of funny that the same situation can happen, but if the person just happens to be a student athlete, all of a sudden the landscape becomes it's the school's fault versus the student's fault, right? And you'll be able to like, well, cuz you will never be able to prove that it was from the the party versus from practice, right? And so yeah. I think Schools want – I mean, because when you go to Disney – like Disney World, on the back of their ticket, mm-hmm. you're saying if you get COVID, it's not Disney World's fault. Like yeah. you're you're agreeing to their terms saying like you're coming here on your own risk knowing that there is a pandemic going on. You you are choosing yeah. to take the, re, the, the risk of potentially getting COVID in exchange for the reward of living in Magic Kingdom, whatever, right? They can't. That's what Disney's able to do for stuff. But that—that's why. That's why they're able to have Disney World, right? But a school can't say you are taking the risk of getting COVID with the reward of being part of a of a college football team. They're not allowed to have that deal. And I think because schools can't have that deal, they're like, well, no matter what, we're going to lose because someone's going to get it, and everyone's going to think we just murdered children, which isn't what's happening. But you know, so. I think that's why it's going to get canceled. No, it's because they can't have that liability taken on off away from them. I saw the the Mac the Mac announcement was interesting because they were saying, "Well, everybody canceled their games because they went conference only, so that leaves us without any of these pay games." And then also the fact if we can't have fans in the stands, it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense financially for us to keep going. Yeah. They they didn't even re- they didn't really go that deep into the the health of it. It was more logistics and finances for the Mac, which I get that from the other season. I mean, maybe they'll say this. Maybe they'll just. Maybe they'll say this. They're they're not going to say this, but maybe they would say this. Maybe they're going to say this. They're going to announce, hey, and the reason they're not going to say this is because they're not all going to get on the same page. These five conferences right now clearly are almost like there's a there's a schism between them, even more so. But maybe they'd say, hey, we're going to cancel it now, and we're going to do it. And we're gonna we're gonna start hell or high water on March first, and we're gonna spend the next whatever amount of months we're gonna we're gonna hire Adam Silver 
we're going to create a bubble and we're not going to we're not going to say hey the college campus needs to be open and there needs to be classes for us to have college football we're going to provide we're going to do our own stuff it's going to be all online and we're going to have a process and procedure that mimics the nba and we are going to spend a hundred and ninety million dollars per conference to make sure that everything can be safe and that all and we're all going to agree to the same protocols and we're going to have a 12 game season and this is when it's going to start and this is what's going to end and we're going to take the next five months to set that up they're not going to do that but i think that's what it would take in order to to, to guarantee a, a a spring season yeah i mean it's not possible to do bubble, right? Because bubble requires billions of dollars and like Disney giving you hotels, carte blanche just to live in. Uh, no, you create though, like, each, univer- each university, each university creates their, like their own, their own bubble, their own bubble. Yeah. Right. And, and you have independent, again, this is totally not going to happen, but like, and it's not naive to say, but it's like you have independent oversight so people can go and observe you know, your but like there's people from the NCAA or wh- whoever. There's some other. There's some yeah. third party who comes and they observe. And if you have bubble violations, then then you 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 forfeit games, and then you you travel exclusively on charter, and you arrive at these games, and and you have to you know do go through all the the protocols and the negative tests again. They could yeah. do it. There's a number. It would be ex- extremely expensive, but they could do it. Yeah. I was thinking, like, remember, like, a few weeks ago when they're like, oh, MLB is trying to do it without a bubble, and then Marlins all got COVID, and everyone's like, it's over, cancel the season? They kept going, right? They found a way to, like, deal with the outbreak in Marlins and in the Cardinals. Yes, they had to postpone a sh- Well, like, then the Cardinals just postponed them again? Yeah, Cardinals, Cardinals are still postponing, but, like, again. the season's yeah. still going on. I mean, when they have 28 of the that the 30 teams still being able to get their games in like that's a good success yeah. rate right they're able to at least you would think well, that like oh once one and it's over and they're gonna shut the whole thing down but they're able to we were talking mlb is canceled two weeks ago but now like everyone's just like assume like mlb isn't canceled it's just like still happening right so well they're pushing through but i mean they already they already were starting with a low bar of like we're doing 60 games yeah that's our, you know, we're we're already doing less than a third of our season. I mean, I I don't know. I just I guess people just need to be honest, and it's it's tough because you're if you wanted to do a bubble in college, then you're asking somebody who's not paid to to go through this. But you're gonna have to if if that's what they, you know, maybe the whole player empowerment thing is interesting too. But we can that's a whole other topic for another another pod. We can go into that later well it's just um, like it's gonna be hard to have player empowerment when your leader is not gonna be part of your empowerment group graduating by yeah. <laughs> april 2021 because he'll be the number one pick in the nfl draft it's like yeah and then the, and then there'll be a new one yeah yeah no exactly yeah. that's a good that's a good point that's a good point all right we'll leave it there uh thanks to Alon for producing flowtrack podcast at gmail.com gordon and i yes gordon and i will be back next week we miss you lincoln until next time Oh, our producer forgot to sign us off. We're still alive. Our producer walked away. Wake up, Alon. Wake up, Alon. Where are you? There it is.